What's going on? Uh, this is Chase on the first episode of the Annotation Podcast. As I mentioned, my name is Chase. I'll be the main person on this podcast. I will have others with different people on there doing different things. But this is the Annotation Podcast where we will be going verse by verse through the Bible and just seeing what God's Word has to say, going through every verse. Um, first of all, my name is Chase. I'm, I've been doing ministry for almost two years now. Uh, served doing youth ministry, children's ministry, collegiate and adult ministries, uh, in different capacities over the past couple of years. And I'm going to go virtual this time, see how it goes. <laughs> Just ripped my headphones out of my ears. Anyways, uh, let's go ahead and jump right in. But first, to actually understand the Bible, uh, we have to understand what it came from, what it is, and just the Bible as a whole before we go verse by verse. The Bible, the most popular book of all time, has since 1815, when the first copy of the Bible was printed, to 2022 it's 2023 now of recording this uh sold over 5 billion copies which if you want to break it down it's about 24 million a year 2 million a month 66,000 a day 2700 every hour and about 46 every minute and that's every minute 24 hours a day from 1815 to 2022 so, the Bible in itself contains 66 other books broken up in two testaments, which is the Old and New Testament. There are 39 books in the Old Testament, 27 in the New, uh, with about 23,000 verses and 929 chapters in the Old Testament, and almost 8,000 verses and 260 chapters in the New Testament. And if you read this book out loud, it takes you around 70, 72 hours to complete. The reason to bring this up is that the whole Bible, to break it down to its most simple parts, are is just about one person and two events. That one person being Jesus, and the two events being his first coming and his second coming. And in Genesis, the first book of the Bible is literally and chronologically the first book. Uh, it is the first book written by Moses, a man who led Israel out of Egypt. The book got its name from the first few words in the book. Uh, Genesis comes from the Hebrew word Bereshit, which means in the beginning. And in the Hebrew Bible, they usually name their books after, like, something in the first sentence or things of that sort. And then we'll get to things like Deuteronomy, which comes from the Greek and not the Romans. Not Romans. Uh, Hebrew. There we go. Genesis covers about 2,400 years of history from the beginning of the earth to when Jacob is buried and they're coming down to Egypt. The book can be broken down into two parts. First is what's known as the pre-patriarchal period, which is chapters 1 through 11. That covers the beginning in Eden all the way to the genealogy of Noah. And then the second part is chapters 12 through 50 is called the patriarchal period which goes from the call of abram 
to the death of Joseph in Genesis 50. And now there, before we get into chapter 1, I want to just go over something real quick. And that is that there are two approaches to this creation account, and they are called Old Earth, cre Old Earth Creationism or Theistic Evolution, and then there's what's called Young Earth Creationism. Old Earth Creationism or Theistic Evolution. <clears throat> this is a sort of umbrella term for the beliefs that creation happened over millions of years, or at least not in the six days as described in Genesis. Some of these theories include gap theory and theistic evolution, just to name a couple. And then we got young earth creationism. Uh, that's a theory that looks at the creation account as literal, as described in Genesis chapter 1, as it was created in six literal 24-hour periods and not some figurative amount of time. This personally is a theory that I prescribe to, and that's the lens we We'll probably look at the passage through. So, that being said, wow, it only took five minutes for me to get to the introduction. That's a new record. Focus all the way here. There you go. Sorry about that. All right. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Why is why are we just stopping after one verse? First off, this is the key verse to understanding the rest of the Bible. Because if you can believe that God, in the beginning, created the heavens and the earth and everything else, then nothing else should be a problem for you when reading through the Bible. So if you can believe God created everything, it should be pretty easy for you to believe that he died on a cross for your sin and healing and miraculous events. Sorry about that. And uh, there was a scientist in the early 1900s. His name was Herbert Spencer. And uh, he made like an, a... a uh, he had a quote that everything can be fit into one of five categories. Everything that exists can be fit in one of five categories. Those five categories are time, force, action, space, and matter. As shown here, uh, that was talked about in Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, that's time. God, that's force. Created, that's action. The heavens, that is space. And the earth, that's matter. This also kind of begs the question of, since God created everything, who created God? Well, funny, you may know someone that has this question, but it's actually self-defeating. If you ask who created God, then that would mean there would be a bigger God that created God. And for there to be a bigger God, there'd have to be a bigger, bigger God to create the bigger God that created God. And then it just goes on and on forever. So... The easiest answer to that is that we worship the biggest one, the one that's always existed, the ones that always will exist. Also notice that God did the creating. We, By him we live and breathe because in the beginning he created man. In Psalms it is shown that he forms us in the womb. And in Psalm 139, 13 and 14 it says, For you formed my inward parts, you covered me in my mother's womb. 
I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and my, that my soul knows very well. <laughs> it's also beautiful that God started out at this point. Believe it or not, this is the hardest line for a person to believe in the Bible. Verse 2. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Without form and void, what does that mean? This is referring to it being made, but there was some sort of work that still needed to be done. So it was just take like a uh, potter's wheel for an example, where they're forming this clay pot, and they just got the indent made, but there's no definite shaping to the thing. There's the idea there, but there's still work to, that needs to be done to create the final piece. There's a fun saying that I heard that every Christian should have experienced what's called a Pentateuch, which is the five first, first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. And that saying is uh, every Christian needs to have a birth, which is Genesis, a coming to Christ or an Exodus from being dead in sin to alive in Christ, a receiving of the engrafted law, a Leviticus, a traveling period, where we know this as the younger years of Christianity when you stumble and fall, but always for the purpose of sanctification, which is numbers, and then the final preparation of setting your house in order to enter the promised land after being a vagabond on the earth, which is Deuteronomy. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. Then God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. Thus God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament, and it was so. And God called the firmament heaven, so the evening and the morning were the second day. All right, so notice here how God said, the reason to point this out is that there is a term in science for when sound waves make light, and that is called sonoluminescence. But there's even something bigger here that God just said it. He didn't do anything else. He just said it, and boom, it appeared. Going back up to Psalm 139, where it said that he knit us together in the womb, that implies some sort of hands-on making process, where he had hands-on in making us. And then now let's look at the statement that's in verse 5 and verse 8, where it says, So the evening and the morning were the first and second day. Uh, this is why young earth creationism seems to fit the best here. There are two main reasons why this statement seems to support the young earth theory. And uh, first is the word day. In Hebrew, the word for day is yom. Yom refers to a literal 24-hour period unless indicated otherwise by the wording or context of the passage. But the text in this passage does not seem to indicate, indicate anything but a literal 24-hour period. And then second is the evening and morning. This is how the Israelites and now Jews look at the days. As in the day of Jesus, a new day would begin around 6 p.m. and go until 6 p.m. the next day. This is why Jews start their sabbatical rest on Friday evening and go until Saturday evening. 
which would have started their Sunday after 6 p.m. on our Saturday. All right, verses 6 through 8. This is the creation of land from the waters. We call this land mass Pangea. Some Christians say the continents were formed as we see them today. But here's, but here's kind of the thing, that there's a definite article, or a singular definite article, before the word firmament. So a firmament, not firmaments, or something of that sort. And also in verse 7, uh, Thus God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament, and it was so. This is what's called the theory of the hydrosphere, which means there was a layer of water that surrounded the earth, a set probably where the ozone layer does today, which could have, which is why you see so many different, or not different, but longer lifespans than you do today. We're seeing 70, 80 years, I think is what they are in right now. But you see in Genesis, they live to be up into the 900s. Uh, for the first few chapters of Genesis. All right, verse 9. Then God said, Let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place, and let dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Uh, verses 11 yeah, verse 11. Then God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed, and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth, and it was so. And the earth brought forth grass, the herb that yields seed according to its kind, and the tree that yields fruit, whose seed is in itself according to its kind, and God saw that it was good. So the evening and the morning were the third day. God, on day three, now makes the plants and grasses and vegetation. Notice here how God made them already ripe. Just uh, just made them and then boom, they were just fully mature, ready to let seeds go and germinate and form other plants of that kind. And there's uh, also a theory that goes along with young earth creationism that God could possibly have done the same thing with the earth where it was only made six to 10,000 years ago, or however long it was, but appears to be four and a half billion years old. If the plants were made looking as if they were five to a couple hundred years old, couldn't God do the same thing with the earth cosmos? By the same principle applied to plants, this could be true for creation, that it was created with the appearance of being billions of years old, but when in reality it was only a handful of thousands. Then God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night. Let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years. Let them be for lights in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth. And it was so. Then God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. Wait, did I? Oh, I thought I skipped an entire passage, but no, I did not. <laughs> God set them in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. 
So the evening and the morning were a fourth day. All right. This is the account of God making the stars along with the sun and the moon. The first half is making the stars that we see in the night sky. Not only that, but he gave them to us for knowing seasons and signs and end of days, things of that sort. And we can actually still measure seasons by the stars, months, same, same thing. There's also a sort of implied principle in the same verse, two different situations for the same one, of course. The principle is that the followers of Christ should love being creative. And when I say that, I'm talking back to verse one, where it said God created. And you can see that throughout history, there have been many people that were creative for God and were, their works are still known to this day, like uh, Picasso, um, Michelangelo, people like that. This is the second half of day four in verse 16 through 19. You have to love the descriptive details put in the creation account when describing something that God actually did or made. It shows the amount of care that God put into crafting all of creation together, even though he just spoke it into existence. God cares about his creation. Some say that God is some stuck-up angry shrew in the sky, but that could not be farther from the truth. If that were true, we would... Why would he die on a cross in utter shame to save us from hell? All right, starting in verse 20. Then God said, let the waters abound with an abundance of living creatures. Let the birds fly above the earth across the face of the firmament of the heavens. So God created great sea creatures and every living thing that moves. With which the waters abounded according to their kind and every winged bird according to its kind, and God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters in the seas. Let the birds multiply on the earth. So the evening and the morning were a fifth day. Day five. This, this is when sea creatures and fowl were created. God takes care in creating these creatures, of course. Every one of them unique and beautiful. As of 2022, there are 228,450, give or take, species that have been discovered in the oceans. Although that is estimated, according to Business Insider, there are half a million to two million more multicellular marine organisms that have not been discovered yet. There are also around 15 to 20,000 different species of birds on the earth, uh, all of those made in one 24-hour period. Well, more, not all of them, because there definitely wasn't 20,000 different species of bird on the ark, as we'll get to in Genesis 6. All right, verse 24 is where we're at now, all right? Oh, yeah. uh, I'm going to hit on one more thing here in verse 22. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters in the seas, and let the birds multiply on the earth. So this commandment is given to both humans and animals. And we'll clarify once we get later on in this chapter. Then God said, let, this is verse 24. Then God said, let the earth bring forth the living creatures according to its kind, cattle and creeping thing and beast of the earth, each according to its kind. And it was so. 
and God made the beast of the earth according to its kind, cattle according to its kind, and everything that creeps on the earth according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. So this is the beginning of day six where God made land creatures. And there are, today there are about six million different types of land species. And uh, the reason I want to point this out is what we talked about in the next few verses. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to the likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them. And God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and every living thing that moves on the earth. So, uh, the first part of that commandment to men was uh, just like the animals had, be fruitful and multiply. But we have more than that. We are to fill the earth and subdue it. And then have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and every, every living thing that moves on the earth. That's one way we are made in the image of God, is that we have dominion. And we have dominion in two different ways, as being able to uh, have dominion over animals. As like God, we were given the ability to have dominion over animals in the land, air, and sea. Uh, we can also use them for purposes such as farming and agricultural needs. And then after Genesis 9, we're able to eat them. And then uh, another way we are in the image of God is that we are a triune being. We are body, mind, and spirit. We are physical beings, uh, emotional beings, and spiritual beings. Just as God is three in one, we are three in one as well. Just how he is. Because plants, uh, they have a body, but they are just there. They really don't think for themselves or have the ability to come to Jesus. Although the scriptures do show that they worship God, animals, they have a body and can't think for themselves. They can go and select territory and communicate through audible language. Human, But humans not only have a physical and mental means of interacting, but also have a spiritual means of being and interaction with the world. In the same sense, God is also three in one, not three individual beings, but three parts or interactions of the same being. All right, now we're on to verse 27. Yeah, I already read that. Okay. God created the male and female, and in that configuration is where it is right in the confines of marriage and therefore being compatible to multiply. Marriage is only sanctioned between one man and one woman. End of discussion on that for now. We'll get that get to that in the book of Leviticus and Romans. Eventually when we make it there in like 20 years. Because I teach kind of slow. Alright, verse 29. And God said, See, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed, to you it shall be for food. So when we were first made up until the after the flood, we were all every animal, humans included, were 
vegans. They eat just of the fruits and vegetables of the of the trees of the earth and things like that. Also, to every beast of the earth, to every bird, every bird of the air, to everything that creeps on the earth in which there is life, I have given every green herb for food, and it was so. Then God saw everything that He had made, and indeed it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. So as I said a minute ago, he also gave every beast of the earth, bird of the air, and everything that creeps on the earth, every green herb for food, and it was so. But just to finish up here, I want to point something out in verse 31. That after, it was only very good after he put humanity on the earth. And... I hope you realize how important you are to God. If you're an unbeliever and you do not hear this, please just lean in for these next couple minutes. That it, it's so important for you to understand this, that we were made not to be at enmity with God or anything like that. We were made to be friends with God. We were made to have fellowship with him. As you can see, we'll get into ne next couple episodes in chapters 2 and 3. But it was very good only after humans were made. And that's how much God loves you. That it, everything was good until he put humanity on the earth. And then it was very good. And that's when he ended his work. We are, humanity is what's known as his capstone project. That we weren't meant to be away from him we're supposed to be with him and i pray that you just come to him or through some way if something has impacted you through this teaching that i uh in the website thing of this podcast i have a link where you can message me individually and we can talk about it or you can go find a friend of yours that may be a christian or a local pastor in your area to help you walk through the steps of coming to Jesus because you will not regret it. It's not easy, but it is so, so worth it. You are God's captain, capstone project. You can go to him with all your hurt, with all your pain, all your suffering, all your heartaches, and he will help you. He will take them from you. He will put them on the cross right where Jesus hung. That's where your sin stops once you become a believer, as it does not go past the cross. Now, I'm not saying you'll be perfect by any means. We're not perfect. I'll be the first to tell you I'm the second worst person to ever exist when it comes to sinning. And that's only because Apostle Paul took the first place for that, so I can't take that. So with that being said, uh, once again, I have a link to a website uh, on the website section of this podcast that you can go click on. Uh, just you just got to answer a simple question, and then uh, you'll have the chance to talk with me directly, and we'll walk through your we'll walk through it together. You are not alone. And if you don't want to do that, like I said, you can talk to one of your friends uh, that are Christian. They'll be more than happy to walk through the gospel with you. 
or same thing with a local pastor in your area. So with that being said, this has been the first episode of the Annotation Podcast. Hope you join us next time in the next episode where we go, where we start Genesis 2. No promises I'll be able to get through the whole chapter very often, but we will see. So hopefully you guys enjoyed and learned something, and I will talk to you guys later.